0: a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Friday, February 2nd. I'm Jesse Maiko. Today, we're talking about a unique virtual reality experience that could make you less afraid to die. But first, the headlines. In a Thursday morning tweet, President Trump boasted about his first State of the Union address, falsely claiming it was the most viewed in US history. It was actually the sixth most watched in history. More people tuned in to watch Barack Obama's State of the Union in 2010, George W. Bush's in 2002 and 2003, and Bill Clinton's in 1994 and 1998. The South Africa city of Cape Town is facing its worst drought in over a century, and reservoirs are predicted to dip below 13.5% by April 16th, a day authorities are ominously referring to as Day Zero. When those numbers are reached, Cape Town officials plan to shut off running water for most of the city's 4 million residents. Citizens will then be forced to live off just 25 litres of water a day, roughly the equivalent of two toilet flushes. And Telegram, the messaging service favoured by Bitcoin enthusiasts, members of ISIS and political dissidents worldwide, has been kicked off the App Store. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. Virtual reality is a popular topic right now, from gaming to contemporary art. But Professor Mel Slater is asking a stunning new question. Can VR reduce our fear of death? In his work, he simulates out-of-body experiences similar to those described by people who have near-death experiences. The goal, to offer insight into the interaction between the body and brain and how it affects our self-consciousness. Here's Vice's Ankita Rao, speaking with Tonic writer Shayla Love on the story. This
2: is something that I've never seen in the VR world yet and is fascinating to me. You found someone who has actually translated the out-of-body slash near-death experience into virtual reality.
1: What does that look like, feel like? What is that? What's actually pretty weird is that it doesn't take much to have an out-of-body illusion. And that's what Mel Slater, who's a professor at the University of Barcelona, has been showing for years using virtual reality. So his goal was not to show you movies in VR, play video games in VR, which he doesn't think is that unique. But what what he's doing is he's creating an out-of-body illusion, which is that you project your self-consciousness into another body. So that's the first step. And that can happen pretty easily. Um, And we know this from past studies where you can put a rubber hand where your hand is sitting, and then if you stroke it at the same time as somebody strokes your real hand, pretty soon you start to think that the rubber hand is yours. It belongs to you. So he's taking advantage of this effect in virtual reality to project your body into a virtual body. And then from there, all he needs to do is change the perspective so that you're leaving that body and he's created the, the out-of-body experience.
2: So first you actually enter this new body in virtual reality and then you leave that new body also in virtual reality and look at it from a different perspective?
1: Yeah, that's how it works. So what the actual experience is like for the people that he studied it is that you would look around and you're in a virtual room and you look down and you see a virtual body. Um, But the touch element is really important too. So even though the body moves with you, what would then happen is that these bouncing rubber balls would appear in the virtual world. And when they hit your virtual body, you're also being touched on your real body. So that really puts you in the virtual body kind of as a whole. Then... In the virtual world, your perspective starts to float up towards the ceiling and those balls actually follow you. So that really cements the idea that you are leaving the virtual body. And when you look down on it, if you try to move your arms, it no longer moves with you. So it gives you this feeling that I was once in this body and now I'm actually up somewhere near the ceiling um, and I'm separated from it. This, I
2: mean, as trippy as it sounds, is actually building on a lot of experiences that people have. I mean, we've all heard the sort of near-death narrative of I went in this tunnel and I saw my family members and all that stuff. How are these researchers and VR designers using what we've heard so far about people's experiences and channeling it into this? What are they hoping to find?
1: Yeah. So like you said, near-death experiences, people report having very similar visions or interactions when they have them. And whether or not you believe that a near-death experience is just a product of the mind or something real that's really happening, people report having out-of-body experiences. And they also report being less scared of death afterwards. So the idea of is of this is to capture that out-of-body experience and see if it can translate to a fear of death. In this very small study with 16 healthy people, it did lead to a reduction of fear of death. And Dr. Slater thinks that the reason is because it's sort of showing your brain that your consciousness can exist outside of a body, that you're not tied to just a physical body. And that's kind of what we think is happening with people who have NDEs too, or near-death experiences. So it's just trying to produce that experience without you having to uh, nearly die.
2: Are there any ethical concerns in this? Because as far as I know, we don't know exactly what it feels like to die, but we're still using some information and channeling it into something like VR.
1: There are ethical concerns here. Partially because we don't really know what it's like to die, but also because if the idea is to apply this to end-of-life care or to people who have a great fear of dying, we're not really sure if this is the best way to go about it. Um, So I spoke to a couple end-of-life experts, and one of them felt that this was kind of manipulative, um, that creating this experience or kind of promising that you exist outside of your body isn't really the best way to make people fear death less, that instead they should try to find acceptance with death or, you know, through meditation or mindfulness, that that was the best way to do it. But there are others who do work that is kind of similar to this. So there's a guy at NYU named Tony Bossis who gives people psilocybin, terminal cancer patients. Um, And psilocybin is the active component in psychedelic mushrooms. And these people have mystical experiences through just one dosage, which is done in a really controlled setting. And from their mystical experiences, they kind of gain a similar philosophy that their consciousness is more than just their body. There's more to this life than just what's here right now. And through that, they have extreme reductions of anxiety, and they're able to live the last few months of their life um, in peace. So I think it's, it's sort of two sides to a coin. It's On one side, should we really be manipulating people? On the other, does it really matter if if they're about to die? Um, So I think it's important to note that this study hasn't been done in people who are actually facing the end of their life. So that would kind of be the next step to see if it can be applied there. And there's also
2: other VR experiments in this realm that have proven helpful in decreasing anxiety or even sometimes racial bias? Can you tell me some of those?
1: I don't know if we should think of them as being applied as helpful, but they definitely show that what happens to you in the virtual world can impact what you believe after you've left the virtual world. So Dr. Slater has also done studies where he's had white people inhabit a black virtual body and their implicit bias association scores go down. So that's a test developed by Harvard, where it shows your unconscious preference towards one race or another. Some other cool stuff that he's done is he's put adults into children's bodies and found that they rate themselves as more childlike afterwards, or he's put men into women's bodies. Another one that he's done is about agency. So he'll put people in a virtual body and have them feel like they own that body. Then he'll have that body speak independently. And when people come out of it, even though they know they didn't, they really feel like they said those words and they'll even change the tone of their voice to match the voice of the virtual body that spoke so there's a lot of cool things that are going on here that we don't really know what their applications might be but it's interesting to to experiment and see what they what they could be
2: yeah and i also think that at the core of a lot of this is just how powerful our minds are and how much they can transcend sort of our physical realm do you think that in this case and in this sort of experiment that you focused on here, that this will trickle into, say, like different types of therapy or more of the
1: healthcare system in the near future? So, Dr. Slater did one study where he had people act as their own psychotherapist. So they were in a room with themselves, giving themselves therapy. Or sometimes he would change the virtual body to look like Sigmund Freud and then. In those cases, oddly enough, the therapy usually worked better, even though they were giving it to themselves. But besides therapeutic applications, this kind of work offers a lot about the fundamental understanding of the brain. I mean, we take it for granted that we live in the world and see that perspective from our bodies and we think our consciousness is in our bodies. But we know from past case studies that that can break down. Um, there are people who think that their arms don't belong to them. They think that somebody else's arm belongs to them. So just the neural mechanisms of self-consciousness and self-location, that can be revealed with this kind of technology too, which is even more interesting.
0: To read Shayla's full article on out-of-body VR experiences, go to tonic.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. For more news and culture, check out vice.com. And tune in again Monday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.